Yo MTG Taps is proudly sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. Use promo code YO5 to get 5% off your next order. Yo MTG Taps is also sponsored by CardHoarder.com, our go-to source for Magic Online singles. Be sure to check out the Card Hoarder Loan Program, a flexible, affordable way to play many decks online. And welcome to another episode of Yo MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco, and I'm Big Head Joe. And uh, we have a lot to talk about this week. I'm I've had a lot to say since last episode, where I, I would have uh, a lot that I think I would have said on that episode. Um, so I feel like I've got all this pent up stuff to talk about over the last month because nice. I missed the last episode. Um, but like always, we, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, it's really today is is one main topic and unfortunately for some of you who don't like to talk about this uh, yeah i'll I'll let you do your thing i was gonna say unfortunately for some kenny's we're going to be talking about bands today (laughs) Uh, shout out to our friend kenny who does not want to talk about bands Um, but that's what we're going to do so you know here's the thing if you don't want to listen to people talking about bands uh that's fair just give us at least a few minutes listen for a few minutes because the beginning of the episode is more about why we're always talking about bands and not necessarily specifically talking about any particular format so you know give give us a few minutes and then then turn it off whenever you you feel the need but give us a chance to convince you um but yeah, that's that's the main topic for today, and there's a lot of reasons for that. So um, so so we'll we'll get to that. Um, first, we had another shout out, our second yeah. one already. We're like 20 seconds in, but uh, but yeah, you, do you want to shout out our new patron, Joe? Yes, yes. Uh, me and Joey couldn't pro- agree to how to pronounce his last name, so I'm going to pronounce it in a horrible Baltimore accent. So we wanted to welcome our new patron, uh, Daryl Chapo New Hine. At IRL Gaming, Hoin. He he's he's been with us for, for a couple weeks now. I totally forgot to to get him one there last week on the last episode, but I figure I get him in here this episode, and then we got a good big announcement for him. So Daryl Chapman, no, Hoin, welcome to the Patreon. <laughs> and uh, if. Uh, if anyone else wants to join our Patreon and get a terrible uh, shout-out and a terrible Baltimore accent from me, which I shouldn't have a terrible Baltimore accent because I'm from Baltimore, um, you can sign up for our Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash yomtgtaps. Yeah, and you get to join our Discord, which is a lot of fun. We all just like to chat in there pretty much every day, multiple yeah, times the, a day. The, it's a, it's a- the, pa- the Patreon is a way to keep idiots out of our discord basically so like <laughs> you know you pay a buck an episode on our patreon you get into the discord there's not a bunch of rando idiots on there like spouting out 4chan crap you know what i mean like 
it's like two and a half Chan at best. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> um, totally cool. You should come and hang out with us and talk to us about magic and other stuff as well. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, I guess let's jump right in here. So the, as we said, the topic of the day is banning and, some of you who may be longtime listeners may remember our old catchphrase, stop bitching, start brewing. That's my line, Joey. That's your line, so go ahead, you say it. Stop bitching, start brewing. Okay. It's 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 a phrase that pays. It's a good phrase to use because, you know, like a lot of times I mean, we have everybody has Twitter now, except for Ryan, but that's not our fault. You know, we've tried to get him on there. Um and people see that this is the nature of Magic Twitter is bitching about stuff and not doing anything about it, waiting for someone else to do something about it instead of doing something about it yourself. So we created this catchphrase, and I don't know if we created it intentionally. It just kind of came out of my mouth one day, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, it's one of those things to, like, get past that, you know, move past it. You know, yeah, okay, things suck. Big deal. Figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, figure out a way to deal with it. Um, and one of the ways that people have started thinking about, like, as a as a solution rather than a continuation of the problem is banning cards in different formats. It's become more and more of a popular topic over the past couple months, years. Yeah. I don't know if it's even been years yet, but... Um, but bands are very much the center of the discussion um, when there's a powerful deck. Yeah. So and so so going back when when we started you know using this phrase regularly on our episodes, this was you know 2009 2010 at the latest. I think we we, we pretty much started it really early. And back then, the previous standard bannings, and of course at the time there was no modern, there was no pioneer. It was standard and legacy and vintage. Um, and so we were mostly talking about standard. So the previous bannings had were like the Affinity era. It was like 2005. It was the Affinity ban. So we're already five years removed from that by the point we start using this phrase. And people bring up bans and we would say, you know, instead of complaining about a card being too powerful or a deck being too powerful, figure out a way to – to deal with it, you know, stop vision, start brewing, right? Brew up your, right. your solution, uh, find your own solution. But nowadays it's very different. I think we're in a, we're in a very different era for magic. And I think that's why bands become, have become a topic, um, uh, like basically all the time, constantly. We're, we're always wondering what the next card band is going to be. Um, and I think there's a lot of people who say things like, they want to go back to, you know, we didn't used to have this many bands. We didn't used to talk about bands this often. And it's like, that's true, but we're in, it's a different era. Like we're in a different time. This is not how, it's not how it used to be. Magic design isn't how it used to be. And that's why we're talking about bands all the time because Wizards has stated their new design philosophy is to push cards harder than they have before. And we've seen them do it in the past year. They did it for Modern Horizons and they did it when they designed Throne of Eldraine. They did it I mean, they've been kind of doing it the last couple of years. I guess, uh, you know, you look at War of the Spark and the Three Mana Planeswalkers, which people complained about endlessly until basically, uh, I don't know, yesterday. I don't know. It just feels like the War of the Spark Planeswalkers got a little bit overshadowed by 
by Oko, who was basically a War of the Spark planeswalker anyway. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, they're pushing cards harder and it's giving us a lot more powerful things to do in multiple formats. I think it's it's their goal here is to push the cards so that they will see play in more than just standard because for years you'd have standard cards and then if you were a modern player, it would be like, are there any cards in this set that might see play in modern outside of like a random sideboard card occasionally? You know, like that was that was how it was. Um, and usually the answer was no, you right. know, or like one or two, you'd like get a not many, couple cards a set. Yeah, that that might see some sort of play. Like you would see something, for example, search for Ascanta. You know, sudden like start seeing play in uh, in Just Guy decks in in modern. You know, like it, that wasn't like a huge card to make a huge impact it was just a card that hey this is this is a cool card you know this this will work for us um so like yeah you would not get that many cards and now they're trying to change that or they have been trying to change that over the past couple of years and the result of course is that sometimes they push too hard and you get cards right. like oko and once upon a time and these underworld breach is being played in vintage right now right right and of course we saw oko being played in vintage with the uh what is the infamous attacking Black Lotus, right? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> Elk Black Lotus that uh, attacked for the win in some sort of vintage tournament. I forget what it was, but... Um, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's a great story too. But yeah, so these cards are seeing play across multiple formats and that's their intention. The the tricky or, the you know, the, the very difficult part for wizards to do is balance a card or make a card so it is balanced in standard yet still powerful enough for pioneer modern legacy vintage you know commander whatever you know they they want these cards to hopefully see play in as many formats as possible they want to attract the players who maybe only play modern or pioneer or legacy to buy picking up packs because they want to sell packs so that's wizard stated design philosophy as of the past couple of years, and they said uh, they're trying to aim for the power level of something like I think they said Theros Beyond Death and Throne of Eldraine are the the power levels they're aiming for. So what that says when you think of a card like Oko or Once Upon a Time is is hey you know we're we're playing with fire here, and sometimes we're going to have to ban a card out of the new set. Um, so so that's one aspect of this. The other. The other big element here, particularly or specifically to do with Pioneer, is they warned us at the beginning. When Pioneer was announced, they said, we are going to be kind of liberal here with the ban the band list. We are going to be banning things. Heads up. You know what I mean? Like to, while we get this format on its feet, we're going to be banning things. And so Pioneer had had regular bans almost weekly – or every couple of weeks, they would have the announcement every week, of course, uh, over the course of two to three months. And so what happens with that is now it's a habit. Like what's going to be banned in Pioneer next? What's going to be banned next week or in two weeks or the next announcement? Like what Pioneer so far has been a format of bands and, uh, you know, shaped by bands, shaped by mm. uh, like and with with us as players kind of adjusting to bands rather than wizards creating this, you know, 25 card list and say, these cards are all banned. Here's pioneer. You know, like that's not what they did. That's what they did for modern. And they took a different approach this time with pioneer, uh, pioneer 
they started with a small band list, but they said, you know, hey, we're gonna we're, we're gonna do this. We're letting you guys, you you folks, players, in on the process of creating this band list. So it's only natural for us to start seeing bands as a solution to powerful formats or powerful quote unquote broken decks. Um, and so that's the other part of this. It's completely, um, completely normal for us to be thinking about bands all the time. So to, to say like, why are we always talking about bands? Like this is why, <laughs> because Wizards is pushing the cards and because Pioneer so far has just been shaped by bands. So like keep that in mind when you think, oh, I'm so sick of talking about bands. Like this is kind of what we are, where we are with Magic right now. Um, I think you had something to add here, Joe, didn't you? Yeah, so, so a couple of weeks ago I put in the notes, uh, FOMO plus info equals bands. And I'll explain what the hell I'm talking about there. So um, FOMO obviously is fear of missing out, right? Mm. So like when there is a new deck that does something kind of busted – um first of all players go oh that looks cool i want to play that you know what i mean so what happens is people will buy a like buy out whatever popular cards that there are in that uh in that deck so you know so the so the deck looks like it's sold out everywhere you can't actually get the deck but people have the deck people are playing it and then like info travels really fast these days, you know, faster than than ever. Even with them suppressing like data as much as they can, as much as they can, because I don't know for whatever reason, Wizards just doesn't want us to know what decks people are playing. Um, you know, even with that happening, um, you know, we're getting more and more information about these decks, and they're getting chances to to tune really fast. The format doesn't really have time to adjust. Because as soon as there's an adjustment, that adjustment is on Twitch like that night, and then people who play that deck see that, adjust to that, and then that information spreads very quickly. By the time the next tournament comes around, that that whatever like would have fixed like or would have corrected that in the format has already been corrected for by those decks. So like so the decks just get better and better and better. Um and then, and also the other thing is, I'm having trouble explaining this exactly. Um, everybody starts playing the same deck. Like everybody goes, like, oh, there's a turn two kill in in, in Pioneer. So like everyone decides to play the turn two kill deck, and then the turn two kill deck gets banned, and everyone goes, what? How could that have been banned? It was a turn like. What? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't understand where the surprise is that, like, you can't have a turn two kill. Like, so I don't know. It's like, we're kind of doing it to ourselves. You know, I mean, like, when there's a good deck, like, it's hard to say. This is the thing, like, that I really wish I could convey in a way that made sense. (laughs) But it doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't make sense. If people would just stop playing so many damn broken decks your damn broken decks wouldn't get banned. Like, I don't understand how that works. Like, like play more fair decks if you don't want to see bans happen all the time. Like, well, everybody doesn't have to play the same damn broken deck. Like, if every, you know, if, if 26% of the field shows up playing Inverter, 
Who, nobody forced you to play Inverter. Like, if you didn't want Inverter banned, play a different deck. Like, don't make the optics so bad that the format's being taken over by Inverter. Yeah. That because you showed up with it. But how do you tell someone not to play a busted deck? Right, you know, you it's one of those like you can't. And that's the thing. If you look back to like the beginning of the format, Sam Black said, "Hey, our job right now is to build decks that get cards banned." That was right. that was what he said, and you know what? That hasn't and to changed. To me, that was cool as hell. It was. Like I thought that was so cool. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, break the format, get your deck banned, wear it as a badge of honor." Right? You know what I mean? Like, like my deck was so good it got banned. Like that—that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Like you figured it out. You figured out. You broke. You broke the machine. You made them have to reset the machine. You know, right. like. Like, like we're, we're, a disruptive thing. Like I don't know. Like, we're testing for bugs, right? It's kind of like we're we're right. doing. We're, it's like you're, you know. And I don't. I've never done this before, but I know there are plenty of listeners even that have probably worked in in the video game field where they're like literally playing a game and like running characters into walls and you know random things. But like you're trying to break the game so that you can tell the developer. That hey, this we found this spot that was broken, right? Like, <laughs> I used to know a guy whose job it was to do that with like military planes. Oh, not crashing like, them in the walls. <laughs> no, not no, I mean, like in a in a in a in a lab setting. Right. But break this engine, then figure out why it broke. Right. Fix it. Right. That's beta testing, right? And that's kind of why right. we made that joke. Like pioneer we're all pioneer beta testers. And just because, you know, quote unquote uh, or, or just just because the weekly ban announcements uh, have stopped doesn't mean that that they're like okay pioneers done here you go take it and run with it and we're not ever going to do anything else to it like that's not where we are they just felt like okay we got it off of you know the alpha phase <laughs> maybe now we're in the beta phase right like we're we're moving forward we think that you've you've got the most broken uh interactions out of the format but it doesn't mean they're done. And in fact, go back a month and a half. Sorry, I have to do math in my head backwards. Uh, before Theros, I think people were loving Pioneer. It was like, wow, this is great. Like they stopped their weekly ban announcements. Everybody's playing these decks that are fun. You've got like Chonky Red and Five Color Niv and Mono Black Aggro, Mono Red Aggro and, and Blue White Control. And uh, it was just like people seemed to love Pioneer. Then Theros came out. And guess what? Those cards were not available to be <laughs> included in the beta test <laughs> before they were released. So guess right. what? Thassa's Oracle and uh, Underworld Breach. Now they, they're they here and we need to evaluate them. So that's what we're doing. They created they, – they led to the creation of a couple of very powerful decks and that's where we are right now with Pioneer. Like we need to consider the fact that this format is not – just safe from bans yet. Uh, no format really is, right? But you, it's not in a place where it's completely safe. Um, so on that topic, we got an announcement from Wizards yesterday on Twitter. In one week from this message on March 9th, that's next Monday, there will be a banned and restricted list update. Mark your calendars. As previously announced, we plan to give advanced warning of any BNR updates going forward. So we do know something is happening on Monday. I think it would be very strange if they had announced an announcement and the announcement says no changes to any format. That would be very strange. <laughs> that would be very strange. That would be counter to the uh, spirit of this whole arrangement. Speaking of this arrangement, though, like this is so uh, – I mean 
This is this is worse. Let me try try to see how I can explain this. It used to be we'd get our BNR announcements like quarterly, right? Like every mm-hmm. every time there was a new set, there was an announcement. This is the most recent way of doing it before the current iteration of bands uh, or, or announcements, and that worked. And I think the the downside to that was if they had not banned something or if something changed shortly after that quarterly announcement, we had to wait three more months nearly for for something to happen unless they wanted to do a quote-unquote emergency ban, which is basically just banning something off of off schedule. Um, and that's something that I think Wizards was loath to do. Like they don't want it to be so bad that they feel like the format can't wait two and a half months or so. Um, but Wizards... I guess this is their attempt to to fix that problem. They say, okay, well, now there is no schedule, but ban announcements will be on Mondays. And so, uh, like, as we sort of said, <laughs> whenever, the, whenever they announced this, I guess that was in, like, December or something. Uh, I feel like it wasn't that long ago, but I remember being like, oh, uh, so, like, every Monday now we're going to have all this kind of, like, dread or or excitement, however you want to look at it, and and – wonder what's going to be banned or what's going to be unbanned. Are they going to do something this Monday? Like every Monday they're going to do that. And we thought, oh, no, no, hopefully not. You know, (laughs) but that was silly of us to think that that was not going to happen. I think it's turning into a circus. And I think like this doesn't make it any better. I think it's at this point, you just drop the bands whenever, because like people are just going to be mad about, and something, no matter what. Like, as is Aaron Forsyth's tweet um, following up their announcement of an announcement. He said, I'm happy we're giving one week's notice before BNR changes. I like the flexibility of not having set dates, but I don't like people living in suspense every single Monday. Hopefully this works for everyone. No, it doesn't. Because now people are still in suspense, but they're in suspense about the announcement about the announcement. So... So now you're going to need to make an announcement, then in a week you're going to make an announcement, then in a week you're going to make a change, which just basically eventually turns into just quarterly ban list. You know what I mean? Like, just drop it. Just be like, you know what? If you got it ready, do it. You know what I mean? Like, right. if, you're, if you're like, like now everyone's pissed that they have to wait a week. Right. This is like, this is awful. Like, this is very. This isn't like uh, to be to be fair to wizards. They're pretty much in a no win situation of their own creation, but it is a no win situation. You know, no matter what they do, people aren't going to be happy. Sure. Sure. No, that's, um, that's absolutely true. I think, and, and people will complain no matter what, and we can get past that. That doesn't take away trying to do things that make sense to at least the, the uh, biggest majority of people you can <laughs> and right. putting players in this position. So, so here we are, it's Tuesday. They made this announcement that they're going to be making an announcement next week. So we have six days. They didn't tell us what format this is going to affect. We're all left to to guess or to try to speculate or try to make it, you know, just predict what they're going to do. Um, players are testing for tournaments. I mean, personally, I'm planning on very likely going to SCG Baltimore, which is next weekend, the weekend after the the announcement and ostensibly the weekend that uh, – that the bands will go into effect, whatever they do, if it's Pioneer. So SCG Baltimore is Pioneer, and if there are bands in Pioneer, it's likely to affect that that tournament. But what do I do? Like play mono black, and then you don't have to worry about it because nothing's going to get banned out of that. Well, uh, yeah, it's not it's not just about the deck you're playing though. Like 
like testing for it, right? Like, should I be testing the inverter matchup? Should I be testing the breach matchup? Should I, what should, how do I predict, you know, how am I supposed to prepare for this tournament when it's very possible that the metagame will look quite different? Test the match, the the, the decks aren't going to be too much different. Just test the decks that you know are safe from bans with fair cards. Test against those, and whichever decks survive the ban thing, test those leading into the thing. Right, well, I mean, that's that's what you got to do, but I'm, I'm saying, like, this is... This is pretty crazy, right? Like, what about players who are saying, "Well, I'm I'm going to play in Baltimore and I, I'm going to play Inverter, but do I test? Do I can I practice with Inverter, or should I be picking a different deck and practicing with that in case Inverter gets oh, banned?" You should definitely be picking a different well. deck and playing Inverter. <laughs> but you see what I but, mean? Um, you're, you're you're putting people in a really awkward position by saying, "Hey, we've got information and we're saving it for another week right, for no but reason." You know what though, like. <laughs> Like if you're playing that inverter deck, you know something ought to be banned out of that deck. And otherwise, you wouldn't be playing it. You'd be playing whatever deck, whatever other deck had a card in it that deserved to be banned. Like you know, you're playing inverter because it's so ba- it's so busted that Wizards got to make an announcement about an announcement. Right. Well, look. You know, that, that's so- the next question. Like, okay, so I'm a, a very let's say let's say I'm just super competitive player. I'm not super competitive. I still like to play competitive decks, but okay, I'm a super competitive player. I want to play the best deck. I identify Demir Inverter as the best deck, but I know that it's possible that the cards will be banned and I I can't afford to buy cards or acquire cards that are then going to be banned. Like, that's another awkward position you're putting your customers into where you're like, hey, like your, your choice is play a deck that is that you don't think is the best deck which is weird, right? Uh, or buy the cards for the best deck and basically live in fear of something being banned uh, at any point. <laughs> you know, at, at any point, you basically have you're, you're six days away from or seven days away from the the card being banned or uh, the deck being banned. So, like, and that's that's the risk you take when you when you play the best decks. Like, I mean, like seriously, like I'm not trying to say like you shouldn't play tier one decks, but like. You know, if there's a deck that, like, has a real obvious leg up on a format, there's got to be some reason, you know? And I don't know. You just hop from one best deck to another best deck. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. To, again, it's one of those things that's hard to, like, you can't just tell people don't play the best deck. That's what I'm saying is it's, it's weird. Like, you're saying this because I think you're comfortable with this. You're not the kind of person who is like, I'm going to play the best deck. You're going to say, I'm going to play the deck that, you know, that I want to play, whether or not it's the best deck. Um, and... I think broken clocks, right? Actually, what did I say? I forget what oh, I, I was talking about. Like Ted Cruz or something made a like good point online or something, and I was like, "Stupid clock is right twice a day." <laughs> 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 like, I mean, like seriously though, like you know, like every, you know, you stick with a deck that's like gonna be safe in terms of you know. I mean, Mono Black's a strong deck. You know what I mean? Like, it's a good deck. Sure. It's not a bad deck, but it's a fair deck, you know, and like, um, and it's, a, you know, it's a, it's a consistent deck. So it's one of those things where if you pick a deck, if you're worried about losing your deck, don't play a deck that runs the risk of getting banned. There are plenty of decks in the format that have, that are safe, you know, that are safe to play, that don't do something that wins instantly, you know, like that are that are that are safe, powerful, fair decks 
But if you want to ride the lightning, you, you, you know, you're going to get burned once in a while. You know, like, if you want to keep playing these super powerful decks with busted interactions in them, you run the risk of getting a card banned out of your deck. Right. That's what it is. Sure. I mean, especially because the format was designed around the fact that there's a tiny banned list, and if a deck gets out of hand, the format is corrected through bans. Right. That is Pioneer. That is the creation of Pioneer. That was all, like, upfront announced. Right. You know, it wasn't like they suddenly just, like, oh, crap, Pioneer's too strong. We need to do something about it. No. Pioneer was set up this way. This is how Pioneer is supposed to be. Right. It's supposed to be a powerful format with powerful decks that benefit and get more powerful from the fact that very few cards in the format are banned. But if something gets out of hand, they ban it because that's the format. So, you know, if you don't want to get your deck banned, don't play a bannable deck. There are plenty of consistent decks that are fair, that are strong, that will do well in a tournament, that don't run the risk of getting banned, and you know, you either decide to ride the lightning or you decide to do with that. It's just those are the two paths you have to take in Pioneer. Yeah, see the hard, the the thing with that, like I'm I don't necessarily even disagree with you. I'm just just the point about that is when you look and you say this format is made up of fifty percent other decks. And 50% broken decks, and there's two of them, <laughs> like uh, you are – you're kind of stuck – you know, those other decks really are not uh, – they're, they're like tier two decks. They're just not the – they're not the best deck and so you really are putting yourself at a disadvantage just to avoid being – Hit with bans, and I just, I just think it's a, all I'm, there are I'm trying to say is disadvantages. There are disadvantages to both sides of it. Well, my my point you is, know, it's just that like you're putting your customers in a really tough position by doing it this way, and even like taking all your your points, you know, saying yeah, that's that's true. The situation with bans being like quote unquote every Monday or on can be kind of can be any monday <laughs> like that's making it worse because you could buy a deck and you, with the caveat in your head like this could be banned but with like quarterly announcements at least you could go well the next announcement isn't until april so i'll at least have my deck until then <laughs> but now you can't even do that because you can literally not have the cards delivered in the mail yet and have your deck banned already um it's just it's such a squeeze that's all i'm trying to say like this is such a squeeze for players i know i wanted to buy the demir inverter cards i chose not to because i thought i think something's going to be banned from this and so i did what you're saying so i understand all the the rationalizations that you're making and i went through that and decided i fell in the exact same space that you're kind of recommending right like i'm like i'm just not gonna touch this deck (laughs) i just think it's i think it's likely to get banned but it sucked because i get to look and go well all these decks that I want to play basically have a bad matchup against Inverter, and that's the deck that's twenty five percent of the field. You know, like so. You know, this stinks. But I, I just think you're putting your customers in such a squeeze by having it's kind of a, a, a I don't know what am I trying to say? Like it's the perfect storm of multiple things. Like you have this new format that's 
that's dictated by bands, a new design philosophy that's pushing cards harder, and then you, your new band schedule is basically any Monday, and you've got all these things kind of squeezing people from all sides, and it's really created kind of a, you know, a, a word I would bleep from recording <laughs> so when I when I edit. So I just think it's pretty pretty bad for you know for wizards to have put us in this position. I think they could. They could correct the scheduling thing. My suggestion, and I feel like it fixes a lot here in terms of the the frustration people have, is just doing it on the first Monday of every month or, you know, a monthly schedule. First Monday of every month, there's an announcement. No changes or changes, whatever it is. Once a month. And that, yeah. that means that at worst, you've got like three weekends of a deck dominating that – that you have to deal with rather than like two and a half months, you've got three weeks at most. That's if a deck basically comes out of nowhere that you didn't see on your radar and didn't think was bannable on, you know, on that particular first Monday of the month. And then you just have to wait, you know, the rest of the month and then you can, here, here, can deal with here, it. Here's what I said. Same, same concept. And actually that's exactly what I, the conclusion I had come to uh, during the course of this conversation was one ban a month. Like we're one announcement a month, right. changes or not. Um, do it at the last Monday of the month and have the changes take place on the first okay. of the next same, month. Same deal. It yeah. just makes it real easy to understand. You know, First of the month, changes. Even if it's not a Friday, who cares? You know, like um, just first of the month. Changes happen, right? You know, I mean, it's, that's just easy to follow. You know, uh, who would have thought? Come up with something easy to follow. Um, you just do the last Monday of the month. You go, okay. Here's the here's the announcements for next month, and then and that's it. Yeah. Fire it up. I mean, it's it's very predictable. It. There's there's a routine. Players can expect things to happen possibly at that point. You know, it's but it's frequent enough that things don't stagnate. Exactly. So that to me feels like a nice solution. You're giving players like safety for at least a certain few weeks. You know that, hey, look, I'm going to be playing in, I'm going to be playing at Pioneer, uh, at SCG Baltimore on March 15th. I know the next band announcement isn't until the end of the month. So I'm safe. I can test inverter right now. Like if that's what I want to play, I can test it or I can test against it because I know it'll be there. Like this is easy. <laughs> Right, like I don't need to think about it that much. I don't need to worry. I know what the format is going to look like until the end of the month. Um, oh, SCG, whatever city is happening on April first. I don't know what day of the week that is, but whatever. Uh, okay, whatever they. I, I know that that there may be changes for that format. Format SCG, whatever city is happening October first. I know that oh, the format. Oh may be snap! Different. SCG, whatever city's happening. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like the point is, you know, you can look look forward and go, okay, I'm playing in this Star City event at the beginning of October and it's Pioneer. Uh, I know that that could be a shaken up format that day. So I need to keep that in mind because there's always a, a band announcement, you know, on the last Monday of the month. And it that could have happened the previous week. And I know they go into effect on the first of the next month. So I know, you know, you can predict things. It's very much more predictable and you've got it frequent enough to to actually address problems before they end up lasting for two and a half, three months. Um, right. So I, and if for some reason the first is in the middle of a weekend, you just make the, the, the following Monday. You know what I mean? Like, Sure. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because that would be kind of awkward. Right. Or whatever. If they want to say like the, 
the first Saturday of the month or yeah. However, you know, the point being that they do it once a month. We don't need to get into the specific like details of it. But the point being that they do it, they address it once a month. It's predictable. Nobody's looking every Monday going, is there an announcement today? Are they going to announce an announcement today? Are they gonna, you know what I mean? It's ridiculous what happens on Mondays on Twitter with all the people going, hmm, I wonder what we're going to hear today. Or does anybody know if they said anything today? It's just crazy. Like the amount of confusion that they've created with this kind of strange way of doing it. And I still don't understand right now as we sit here on Tuesday how they could possibly be like, we have something to, to change, but we're not going to tell you. Like, <laughs> I just don't understand what they're – what are they contri- contributing to us with these six days? Like what are they giving us uh, by basically telling us something's going to change and we're just not telling you what it is? Like it's the it's the magic equivalent of dream phone there's one person on dream phone when you call them they go i know who it is but i'm not telling ha ha um i don't know what dream phone is but okay oh it was a board game in the early 90s where you call and you figure out who your crush is i forget who my crush is (laughs) actually i got his sister to uh like my facebook post or my it was an instagram post from years ago <clears throat> my crush from Dream Phone, his sister, his real life sister, liked my post, which was really odd. I'm, I'm confused. Who is he? There. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Just not worry about it. <laughs> moving on. Yeah. So okay. So let's let's. This is what we talked about. We talked about our you know problems with the way that they're announcing the band list. We talked about what pioneer. You know why we're talking about bands so often. So like my next question. This is kind of for us to discuss. How do you define a healthy format? And is Pioneer healthy? Like a kind of two-part question there. So what do you what would you say is a healthy format? A healthy format is a format where my idea of what's fun is the dominant strategy. Okay, got it. I like it. <laughs> you know how you know how you define a healthy format? The exact same way. Yeah. And you know how everyone defines a healthy format? The exact same way. Because we don't care about the actual health of a format. Let's be real with ourselves for once in our lives. We don't care about if a format's healthy or not. We care about whether or not a deck that we enjoy playing um, can perform well within the metagame. That's it. Yeah, that's that's true. So then let me rephrase my question. What's your idea of fun <laughs> my idea you know, in terms of, of fun what you, you would like the is, format to look like. Yes, yes, yes. My idea of fun is a format where control decks can be viable, um, where aggro decks can be viable, where mid-range decks can be viable, where combo decks can exist and be fair um, and don't have um, like instant wins. I don't think any deck should have an instant win. Let's be clear about that. Not just a combo deck. But any deck with an instant win becomes a combo deck. You know what I mean? That's basically what an instant win deck is, right. is a combo deck. So, um, Isn't that the definition of a combo deck, though? Like In a lot of ways, you're, you're trying to put together an instant win from a combination of two or more cards. That's what I'm... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, like... I think combo decks should be fair and kept in check. Um, I think control decks um, should be powerful but not oppressive. I think aggro decks um, should be viable but not uh, too viable. You know what I mean? Like I think the aggro decks should be able to um, 
be able to show up. Like it shouldn't be embarrassing to show up with mono red to a format, you know, right. like playing mono red in legacy is like, <laughs> you serious? Like, you know, like it's like someone playing like a dwarves tribal deck in pioneer or something. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, that's fun. That's cute. And I'm going to crush you now. I don't know. But exactly, you, know? you know, talk to Patrick Sullivan about that. I haven't followed legacy, followed legacy recently. So maybe, maybe I'm, uh, being deceived, but I do know that that mono red was a thing. But I get what you're saying anyway. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, and I think that, and I think mid range decks uh, should be able to exist too, and be able to uh, kind of keep everything else in check and keep everything balanced. Um, I don't know. I just like to not see one kind of deck or one other kind of deck dominate right. um, in a format. And I, and again, I don't like instant instant wins. I don't like two card combos. Yeah, so that sounds to me very similar to how I would would describe a healthy format. And I think it's kind of like what you're going for is rock, paper, scissors. But in a broader sense, you have a lot more elements, but it still ends up, you know, rock beats paper, beats scissors, beats X, beats Y, beats Z, beats rock. You know, something like that where uh, I think I did that backwards. Rock rock doesn't beat paper and paper doesn't beat scissors, but (laughs) in reverse order. uh, but yeah, you get the, the idea is like you have a lot of different diverse strategies that each have their natural predator and their natural you know prey, right? And you right. want it to be expansive enough to where if, you know, deck X is, pl- is facing scissors, which is, isn't necessarily a direct thing. Uh, that that maybe those games are more 50-50, right? Like you have the decks right. that you beat most of the time and you have the decks that you lose to most of the time and every other deck is close to 50-50. Like that's where, what you kind of want. You want – and you want the diversity, right? Like you want the right. format to look like um, it's got a bunch of different decks and not just a bunch of different decks but not – a, one one or two decks taking up a huge portion of the format, and I think like Saffron Olive was tweeting about this. He was uh, he was talking about the percentages of a of a format that seem sort of ideal, and it would fell along the lines of what I was saying in our Discord too, where it's like, okay, you look at modern, and usually the best deck is maybe ten percent of the format, and that's fine, right? Like that it, modern is a huge format. There's a lot of cards in that format, so. You know, taking up 10% of the format, like, that's about the the high bar in a normal modern format. You know, taking out situations like with Hogak, where that was being crushed, you know, (laughs) because everybody was playing Hogak. And that was a problem, and they banned Hogak. Um, You look at standard, and you go, well, there's a lot smaller card pool, so the best deck might be around 20% of the format, right? Um, Pioneer should probably be somewhere in between. 10 to 15 percent. It's a large card pool, so there should be a lot of viable decks. But when you see a deck taking up more than 20 percent of the metagame in Pioneer, I think that's a problem. And when you have two decks both doing that, I think it's a real problem. And that's where we were, I think, with uh, with Sultai and Demir Inverter over the weekend at was it SCG Indie? I think last weekend, and uh, they took up they made up like 45 percent of the format combined. You know, mm-hmm. and so that's where I feel like okay, we, something's up. Like this doesn't look healthy to me. Like to me, even if those decks both are terrible, I don't think that's a healthy format because it's not diversity. Like it's an, it's not a diverse format. Um, and I think diversity is one of the main ways you can tell like if a format is good because a lot of people are showing up with different strategies and having success. Uh, so that to me is the definition of a healthy format. I think, um, 
combo decks are should be part of the format, and it's fine to me if there are two card instant win combos or two or three card instant win combos, as long as they can be interacted with, right? And so the the thing is, you know, my next note here on our show notes is was what is Wizard's stance on two card combos? Because we've seen we have Splinter Twin two card combo banned in modern, Felidar Sahili cat combo banned in Pioneer. Uh, you have Heliod Ballista, legal in Pioneer, and then Inverter with Oracle slash Jace, uh, Wielder of Mysteries, legal in Pioneer. So it's like the precedent is that they do not like two-card combos. Um, you see what they did. You know, Splinter Twin isn't even legal in Modern. So that's I think that says a lot. Uh, they did ban the, the quote-unquote Splinter Twin of Pioneer with Felidar and Sahili, but they let that exist for a few weeks <laughs> before they decided, yeah, this is too strong. But Heliod Ballista, they haven't touched yet and they haven't touched Inverter yet either. So uh, the thing I think is interesting here is I don't think many people are calling for Heliod Ballista to be hit with a ban. And I, th- I think, well, I'll, well, we'll get to that in a second. But I think the thing about this one, though, is that you can, with Heliod Ballista, you can interact with it. Those two pieces need to be on the board. But with Inverter and Jace and Inverter and Oracle, you just need the enters the battlefield triggers and basically you've, you've got it locked up. Um, you, you can kill Inverter and it doesn't switch their deck back. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they right. don't get to switch back. That's not – doesn't need to be in play. Like it's hard to interact with. Um, so I think that's the difference between those two combos and why people are more frustrated with something like Inverter as, than they are with Heliod and Ballista. Um, but uh, – but the thing is, like, you look at the precedent and you say, well, Wizards doesn't like to ban in-print cards. They want to sell packs. They don't want to ban cards that are in print. You look at, like, Hogak. They tried to ban Bridge from Below and didn't touch Hogak or Altar of Dementia because those cards were in print in Modern Horizons. <laughs> so they waited, you know, they tried to let the new card survive, the in-print card survive as long as they could. They realized they, they couldn't. I appreciated that they did that. I do. I think that's the right call, at least in that case. They tried. It didn't work. They banned something. But we've talked about that and we don't need to go into it. But I'm using that as, as an example of the, the precedent. So I guess – But you know what that precedent sets though? You know the, what, what precedent that sets? What's that? Um, they're not going to do that again. Like if, uh, if an inverter deck's a problem, like – and they think maybe we got to ban Thassa's Oracle. Like, maybe we shouldn't ban it. Maybe we should just ban the Inverter first, or maybe we should just ban the Dig Through Time first. They're, I mean, because they took a lot of flack for, for messing that up, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, they, they, they banned Bridge, but Hogak was still busted because Hogak was the busted card. Right. You know, so... Um, so, so I see what uh, you're you saying. Know, they might not. They might go for the kill rather than trying to let a death exist. Demir Inverter isn't called Demir Dig Through Time. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's called Demir Inverter because Inverter is the card that's the problem. Right. You don't name it. You don't name your, you know, whatever. You don't name your food deck Goose. Right. No, no. But in, in this case, though, this lines up, though, right? Because in this case, ignoring what the abilities of the cards are, if a deck is a problem and they say we're going to ban the oldest card, it's like Inverter, right? Or, or Dig. <laughs> so, But it's probably Inverter, right? Like Inverter is mm-hmm. older. They're not going to ban Thassa's Oracle. They're going to ban Inverter, you know, like in this scenario because Inverter's older. Um, but yeah, you're right. That's also going to kill the deck. My, my point being 
in this case, the idea of banning the out of print card lines up with banning the card, you know, going for the headshot, right? Like, like definitely taking out the deck. So if they want to kill the entire deck, yeah, they kill, they, they ban inverter and that's more along the lines of what they've done in the past, more along the lines of banning bridge instead of Hogak, right? Does that make sense? Right. Um, I think this is interesting. I wrote this down and you can see it on the show notes because this is the kind of dilemma that I feel like I haven't come to a hard conclusion. I'm close, but I don't really feel like I'm at a hard conclusion here. Um, I like I've said several times on the podcast, like I'm glad they're pushing the power level of cards. I'd rather them push too hard than be too cautious. And then at the same time, I'm saying things like I don't ever want cards banned. I want wizards to stop printing cards that aren't balanced. And that's like not (laughs) – that is a tight rope to walk. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm basically like saying, hey, I just wanted things to be perfect. That's all. Is that too much to ask? (laughs) Um, But like that's that's how I feel as a player. You know, I'm not calling for bans necessarily. I'd rather them not have to ban things. But also I don't want the formats to be completely messed up the way that they have been lately. And – you know, I just think that that's kind of, I don't know, just, just an interesting dilemma f- for, for me as a player. That's sort of what I'm thinking. And I think Wizards is thinking along the same lines. Like they, they want to push too hard. They want to push rather than being too cautious, but they also mm-hmm. want to keep things balanced. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess the next, the next thing I kind of wonder is if Inverter, as the, the big deck right now, does get axed from the format if they say they ban inverter itself so the deck is not a deck like what fills that vacuum and is is wizards considering this because again we look at precedent and we look at when they banned all the energy cards from standard and they said we're banning the energy deck and everybody was like hurrah and oh man you know everybody was upset or happy and nobody was surprised but then they said also we're banning Ramanaut ruins and rampaging ferocidon and everybody said well what you know <laughs> what um and they said because they felt like that was going to be the deck that filled the void and that was going to be too powerful. Everybody was just going to jump to that and so they banned cars out of that. And so now my question is, is Wizards looking at this and saying, OK, if we ban Inverter, what's the next – is what's left also a problem? Have, have you like yeah. thought about that at all? Um, I mean I don't know like – if I okay, if I were wizards, let's just go point blank. Like if I were wizards, and it were Monday, and I were about to type up what's banned in Pioneer, here's what I would do. Right? I would say, dig through time is banned, inverter is banned, breach is banned, ballista is banned, Uro's banned. That's what I would do. <laughs> if I were if I were if I were wizards on Monday, reset. There you go. There you go. Just go for it. You know, if you're going to do it, do it. Do it big. Get all the anger out at once. You know what I mean? Like, rather than have people get sick of Uro three weeks from now, rather than people get sick of Ballista four weeks from now, rather than have people get sick of Underworld Breach five weeks from now, just throw them all under the bus. Just, Just go, you know what? All right, fine. Y'all can't play nice with your toys. You can't play with your toys anymore. Figure out some new toys to play with. And people will. 
you know, because that's the nature of the thing. Everyone will move on to whatever the next busted thing is and then get surprised when it's too broken to play. Um, that's what I would do. Okay. I would I would just ban a whole bunch of stuff and um and let it let it shake out again. It's like, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna go big with this. And it's up to y'all. Figure it out. What do you got? So interesting. Or so, just ban breeding pool so it, because that seems to be the problem. <laughs> yeah. That and botanical sanctum. Let's get these Simic decks out of here. Um so like you obviously are are, are taking the next step in this case and not just uh not just considering the main deck so the thing right now is there are three there are the big three decks it's inverter as number one clearly and then possibly salti delirium as number two and lotus breach number three although that was reversed uh as recently as a couple of weeks ago um the thing we talk a lot if you especially if you go back through our old archives but a topic that comes up in my head a lot is power versus consistency. And you look mm-hmm. at the mirror inverter and this deck is consistent. The problem with this deck is it's consistent. <laughs> the problem with breach is that it's powerful. Now I say problem, but the, the difference between these two decks, you look at breach, it's powerful, but you can break up, break it up. You can, uh, you can, they, they have to really build the deck around, being consistent enough to get that power and that's that's the difficult that's why most of that deck is air like it's really you look at the cards in the deck and you're like this stuff was sitting on draft tables you know like this is not stuff that people play with except in this particular instance where say where people say okay lotus field is very powerful underworld breach is very powerful we're going to play a whole bunch of crappy cards around it so that we can access this power but this is a powerful deck not a consistent deck. Like all the rest of that deck is all about trying to make it consistent. Demir Inverter is a consistent deck that has an extremely powerful endgame, but it really doesn't need to get to that endgame. It just can just play its consistent cards, its uh, its ops and its dig through times and its interaction and just play that game and play a Jace Wielder of Mysteries control deck, right? Like it's just a blue-black control deck. You play your Thassa's Oracle to block and help make you even more consistent, but it's a consistent deck. And kind of well, well, obviously there's variance, but my point being the the problem with Demir Inverter is its consistency, I think, not its power level necessarily. I mean, it has a huge, powerful piece in there, but um, it's a Demir control deck. Here's the thing: like me and Joey have just just played a couple games over the last like week or two, and I was piloting Inverter. And he was piloting mono black. Now he feels as though the win rates were way were kind of even, but to me it was an utterly miserable experience, and I hated it. <laughs> and um, and I really hated playing the deck, even though it's like considered the most powerful deck in the format. And like, but it's the reason why is because we were playing basically the same matchup over and over again. Right. And the list that I pulled was directly from, what was it, the Invitational or whatever it was? It was some sort of... You mean the uh, the Players Tour one? Or was it like... Was that what it well, was? Pete Ingram won with it last weekend, so I don't know if that's the okay. list you pulled. That up. was the Players Tour? That was a SCG Indie. SCG Indie. Okay. It was whatever deck won last week. I just copied the exact 75. Okay. And, you know, one of the th- points that Joey makes about this deck is that it's a combo deck, but if you even if you take out the combo, it's still a Demir control deck. Here's the thing. I have never played a control deck in my life with not, without a single board wipe in the 75, <laughs> but this deck didn't have a board wipe in it. And, like, here's the and, – and, and, but – 
to me, that just speaks to how unhealthy the Pioneer format is. If a control deck doesn't think it should run a board wipe, your format sucks. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's a bad format. You know, like, if, 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 if you expect to play against an, an, a creature-based deck so little that you don't feel the need to reset the board one time in your control deck. <laughs> this is a great point. I mean, How I many it. control decks, Joey, have you played in your entire life that didn't run a single board wipe in the 75? I can't say for sure, but probably zero. You know, like, that's the point. Probably less than zero. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, somehow along the way... Time has been rewritten, and you managed to squeeze a damnation into a mono black aggro deck in 2010. No, I, played, I, played, I don't know how it happened. I played Wrath of God in a green white aggro deck, so there you go. Battle Screech and a Brush Hopper. Less than zero. <laughs> but no, like, like, you're right. That is an indication that the format is in a bad place. Now, some, because the some decks are, deck are playing feel language. The need. Go ahead, go ahead. Right, but this one wasn't, right. and this one won the tournament. Sure, sure. I do want it to won just, the tournament without a board wipe. Yeah. You got it. You're right. You're right. Uh, and, that's a bad format. Like that needs to. That format needs to change because that means that a creature deck is like laughable. Like playing a creature deck in that tournament was a laughable thing because apparently nobody did it, or at least not enough people did it, right. and. And this deck with no board wipes as a control deck won. Right. That's a very good point. So, I love that you, you know, noticed that. And I know you said it to me on on Moto when we were playing. But yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. It's a really good point, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, I, f- I forget kind of like what we were going to there. But the, the point is, I think that dig through time is a big part of what makes this deck consistent. So I think like, I feel like, Let's just go right into into the our last thing here, like their predictions for next Monday's announcement, right? You kind of sure. – I don't know if you predicted or just wished for like <laughs> a whole bunch of bands. It's not a prediction. It's a spoiler. <laughs> Fair. There you go. Okay. So now that we know, I guess we don't need to make predictions. But do you want to make like a, a prediction that isn't so much uh, – or do you just want to stick with that with your prediction? Do you really, I mean, do you think that's what's going to happen? I, if I stick with that as my prediction, I at least get something right. Well, that's true. Yeah, if you just say ban everything. Right. Ban ban lightning strike. <laughs> I don't think you'll get that one. Um, like, so we we didn't really bring this up, but the ne- next Monday Monday's announcement is uh, is not just necessarily for Pioneer. Like, it's we don't know what format it's going to affect. They could just come out and say something's banned in Modern and nothing else in any other format. So, you know, we don't know. We're just making uh, educated guesses based on our experiences. And so um, I would say standard, nothing. I think everybody's saying standard is great. I played a little bit of standard on Arena. I played mono red. It was fun, but it was just like a, you know, messing around kind of thing. I wasn't really taking it seriously. Haven't been playing yeah, standard. You go ahead, Banner over there too. What's that? So you can go ahead, Banner over there too. Sure, sure. That's, if, you, if that's what I don't like cards that say gain three life. So. That's fair. That and... Uh, Healing salve problem. Unbanned rampaging Frosidon and standard. There you go. Um, so my predictions mostly come in in Pioneer, um, and I think these are the candidates in this order. It is most likely. So Dig, I think, is most likely. Inverter, I think, is second most likely. But I, you know, and they could hit both of those. 
Third, I actually do have Euro on here. And I, I you know, as much as it might upset people, uh, and I don't think it's, I think it's less likely because it has been, it is in an imprint set. So I don't really think it's going to happen. But if they are considering like the next step in the metagame, I think if Inverter's gone, the vacuum gets filled by Sultai Delirium because the aggro decks try to, to fill the vacuum that left by an in- inverter and Sultai Delirium or, or not even necessarily Delirium, but the Sultai decks that play Euro uh, are, I think, likely to take over. And I think Euro is part of why there aren't sweepers in the sideboard of the inverter deck that you played because Euro is so difficult for an aggro deck to deal with that uh, it, it's pushing people away from playing aggro. Mm-hmm. And these aggro decks, one of the best matchups, in fact, uh, you know, a, a small sample size, but like I have an undefeated record with mono red against Lotus Breach. And I'm just, I just haven't, I've lo- haven't lost. I think I've lost two games, but zero matches. Like I, yeah. I'm, and I'm not even like a good player. Like maybe my opponents aren't either. I don't know. <laughs> but the point is like, I'm, Playing like aggro can beat Lotus Breach, and aggro has a tougher matchup with Inverter, but uh, but can can beat Inverter. I think if you catch them on the back foot and catch them stumble, uh, you can beat Inverter. But there aren't enough aggro decks out there to kind of keep to keep them honest. You know, like there aren't enough aggro decks in the format to sort of push down the numbers of like Inverter and Breach. Although Breach is being dealt with, I think, in a lot of sideboards with cards like Dampening Sphere. Um, but I, so so I think if if Wizards is looking ahead and says, all right, Inverter is gone, I think you look at the Sultai decks and say, okay, Euro is keeping aggro decks out of this format, so we might still have a extremely messed up format with all just Sultai decks because the aggro decks can't compete. Right, and the more you know, the more euro because this is going to increase the amount of euro in the format. I don't know if it's, I keep saying euro and euro. I keep going back and forth. By the way, <laughs> I noticed that because I have no idea uh, how to pronounce it. But yeah, uh, I think this is going to increase the amount of euro in the format, and that's just going to decrease the amount of aggro in the format. And so I think if Wizards is really thinking about it, and if they're seeing the same thing that I am, uh, that that euro is keeping the aggro decks out. They may go after Euro. The alternative thing that I think that is possible, instead of banning Euro, they unban Smuggler's Copter. Yeah. I like that, but I don't. So there's the thing with that is Euro actually works really well with, with vehicles and Smuggler's Copter because you cast the three mana side of it, crew the vehicle, and then the Euro goes to the graveyard. So I'm going, already working on an insane deck with that comp. Right. But not uh, with Euro. But I mean – yeah, but I mean that's a thing, right? So you go smuggler's copter on two, Euro's front side on three, crew your smuggler's copter, ditch Euro, attack with your smuggler's copter. Like that smuggler's copter kind of helps the Euro decks too. So I mm, a little bit uh, about that, but it is something, and I, I I don't know that maybe that's wishful thinking on my part in terms of wanting to play or wanting to have access to smuggler's copter in, in the aggro decks. But I think we need aggro needs a tool. Um, so that's that's something I've considered. Um, I think the next card on the list is probably Treasure Cruise, just because I think it if if they only hit Dig, then maybe Inverter decks just play Cruise uh, as another Delve spell to, to draw three cards. It's not as powerful as Dig, obviously, but it still performs a similar function as Dig. You can't do it at instant speed. 
you, you know, but you do still do get to delve away a bunch of your graveyard and you still get to draw three cards. So, you know, ancestral recall I heard was pretty good. Um, and that's what Cruz would, would be in this deck. So they, that I think is another candidate. And then you look at breach or Lotus field. I think they might go after breach before they go after Lotus field, because I think breach is more likely to break future decks. So that's like the thinking ahead option where they hit breach instead of Lotus field. Um, but honestly, I don't think they go after the Lotus field decks at all, really, because I think Lotus field has sort of been dealt with in a way, like, like I said, it's power versus consistency and you have a very powerful deck, but people have found ways to deal with it. And so Lotus field, while super powerful can be, can be handled. Like, so this to me is, is fine. If it stays in the format at a, you know, under 10%, uh, metagame share. So that, that's where I am with pioneer. If I have to make an actual prediction, I think they hit dig and inverter. That's my, I think that's my prediction. Um, but yeah, that, those are kind of the cases I had for, for each card. Um, modern, I don't know. I haven't been paying as much attention to modern, but there is a pretty interesting underworld breach deck happening there with like grinding station. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's, it's the combo that I think Ryan was talking about back when they, they revealed underworld breach and he was like talking about Mox Opal's part in it. Now we don't have Mox Opal anymore, so it's not entirely busted, but you still have Mox Amber. So you're able to use Underworld Breach and Grinding Station to essentially just keep playing zero mana artifacts out of your graveyard um, over and over and over again. And if one of those zero mana artifacts is Mox Amber and you happen to be able to generate mana with it because you have, say, Emery on board, you can just keep generating a ton of mana and play something like uh, – or well, you can play Thassa's Oracle. That's There's a one of in the deck. You just mill yourself until you see your Thassa's Oracle in there. Well, you mill your deck until your entire deck's gone. Thassa's Oracle's in your graveyard, you play it, and then you win. Uh, I don't know if they're ready to hit that yet, but it is something. Um, and then, of course, we talk about, like, you see the Amulet decks doing really well in Modern, and Once Upon a Time is a big part of that, so I could see them hitting Once Upon a Time or maybe Veil of Summer, but uh, at this point, I kind of don't think they're going to hit anything in Modern, and I don't have really any opinion on Legacy or Vintage because I have no... <laughs> I don't I don't play with them. But So my predictions mostly all fall in the, uh, the Pioneer... I, I saw someone saying that uh, they think um, breach is going to get restricted in vintage, but um, okay, but I don't know anything about that. I can't speak on it. Um, right? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have any predictions for anything else. Uh, I, you know, um, I'll say ban Ember Cleave in standard. <laughs> you just like a shake up, mm-hmm. and, I, and I and I play Ember Cleave. <laughs> so there you yeah, go. There you go. Don't be afraid um, to call for bans of cards you own. Um, but, uh, but I, I don't see them doing anything to it. Um, right. Uh, maybe, well, maybe again, maybe Uro, just because I hate it, not because I think it should be banned, just because I don't like it personally. Right. So. All right. So um, we're going to wrap things up this week, and hopefully next episode we'll have a completely different Pioneer format to talk about. I'll be able to discuss SCG Baltimore from a player's perspective i believe <laughs> I, th- I, I think i'm playing in it um depends on the coronavirus um <laughs> your, your uh, person your coronavirus or the spread yeah, my particular pet coronavirus nice. that i have in a little my pet coronavirus. <laughs> they never sold that when we were kids no but i saw a commercial last night for uh, a little like they're like little puppies or kitties or whatever and they're called poop a lots you literally walk the animal and it poops. 
and I'm like, is this for real? And then I look up and the brand name of the toy is for real. And I'm like, wow, that is ridiculous. <laughs> like, I don't know. Man. Oh, no. Poop a lot from for real. Maybe we can get a sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Speaking of which, shout out to all of our sponsors. We have, of course, uh, Cool Stuff Inc. and Card Hoarder and Decked Builder app. Um, shout out to our patrons, old and new. We love you. Uh, and if you want to join in uh, our, our fun little, our, our intimate little group in our Discord, uh, you just go to patreon.com slash yoMTGTaps. Um, so I think that, that wraps us up. Got anything else, Joe? Nope. All right. Well, until next time, we're Yo MTG Taps. Make them happy.